Hello and welcome to Five Things You Need to Know, the podcast that delivers a carefully curated list of current events aimed to inform, engage, and entertain. I'm your host, Soul, and I'm being joined by Adi. Hello, world. Today we will be discussing number one, Ryan Lochte, the man who cried robbery. Number two, Nate Parker and the birth of a debacle. Number three, the Trump card. Number four, Tate Tay's swift relief and the seven male heard round the world. And number five, Ellen, what you saying? Thank you. I, I worked on those, so I feel good about that. Just a tad. So we're going to jump right in. Number one, Ryan Lochte. Okay, so with this, I just want to give a brief um, overview for those of you who have been living under a rock. Um, so the 2016 Olympics have been taking place in, uh, Rio de Janeiro. Yes. See, where is that? France? (laughs) You know, I'm done with you. It's in Brazil. Okay. And you knew that. Don't do me like this. Anywho. Um, so the, the Olympics have been taking place in Rio and, and this is kind of a thing that's been an age old thing that, um, the, the athletes, they party, you know, they get there, they kind of do their thing and they party and they hang out. Um, it was even, I think there was a story when, when the Olympics were in London about how they just would have like buckets of condoms everywhere. Cause that's kind of like the craziness well, that mean, ensues. Beautiful bodies just walking around everywhere. I know. That's why I just wanted to enter into the power walking competition. So I could just be, you know, I'm an athlete. I'm here to party. Power walking is intense. It is. It's It's very intense. Did you see the athlete that was a power walker that um, defecated on himself and still just powered right on through it? You know, you would point that out instead of like all the other events and the things that have happened. You brought up power walking. Okay. So... We're going to talk, talk about Ryan Lochte and, and, the, and the debacle um, with what's going on with him. So pretty much what happened, what had happened was um, he, him and three other swimmers, they went out uh, one night, come back, and there's a story now that uh, not just anyone robbed him, but Brazilian police robbed him at gunpoint. And so his initial story, I believe, was that They were riding in a cab and the police official stopped the cab, got them out of the car. One of the police officials put a gun to his head and pretty much extorted them for money, said they couldn't leave until they paid. That was the initial story. Then, um, another story, and I believe this is, he was interviewed by Matt Lauer. Right. And then he said, okay, we went to the gas station and at the gas station is when they robbed them and put the gun to his head. And so obviously, you know, you got all these people behind the scenes doing this work and they're kind of like, okay, these stories do not match like period. I mean, I, I would like to say kudos to the Brazilian police because the media has portrayed them as not having all of their stuff together down down right. in Brazil. That was I think we discussed that in mm-hmm. one of the earlier podcasts about right, exactly. the troubles in Brazil. That they've been facing, yeah. So <clears throat> I was pretty impressed by the fact that they were able to piece this mystery together and find out exactly what really happened and even have footage of, right. of what actually and happened. And quickly, too. Yeah. yeah. And, but what... When they discovered everything, they um, ordered, uh, I think it was Lochte, not to leave the, the country because they were... Yeah, but, but he, he was had, already he gone. Already right, left. and the two other swimmers they pulled off of 
the flight. And that would have been a trip. If I would have been on that flight and they'd have come in and been like, excuse me, we need to talk to you. I'd be like, oh no, see, mm -mm. that's why you don't do stuff like this. So what actually (laughs) happened in end, I think he has confessed to this. He's well, he says he over-exaggerated. Correct. Was they stopped at this gas station. They vandalized the restroom. Right. And, uh, one of the security guards there, uh, did have a gun out. Mm-hmm. And asked them to basically empty their pockets to was pay trying for the damages. to pay right. for yeah, for the equivalent amount of mm-hmm. what the damages were. Right. And so Lochte's quote was, It's um it's really how you want to make it look. Whether you call it a robbery or whether you call it extortion or us paying just for the damages. We don't know. All we know is there was a gun pointed in our direction <laughs> and we were demanded to give money. Mm-hmm. Now this guy, he's also not the sharpest tool in the shed. He, he's not. He's not. I, I would say, you know, when I first started hearing about this, I'm not going to lie. When I first heard the story, I was a bit skeptical. And I think for me, it was just like piecing it together. Like, okay, why would these four guys be extorted? We haven't heard anything, you know, in mass media in regards to anyone else being extorted. I mean, there have been, and then there have been articles about, um, domestic violence, uh, sex, uh, sexual assault. There's been boxers that have been arrested for assaulting women in different areas, um, that are for the Olympian, um, the Olympians, I should say. And so I've, I've read all of these things, um, but I hadn't heard of anyone else getting extorted. So I'm not going to lie. Like initially I was like, hmm, okay. Like, where are we going with this? And so as more unfolded, unfortunately for me, I was like, yeah, that's what I figured. Like it was an exaggeration. It wasn't completely true because it just, it didn't, none of it sounded really like legitimate to me from the, from the beginning. And you know, the more you find out about this, this guy, um, he's not the sharpest tool in the shed. He's a great swimmer. He's a great athlete. Um, but you know, but he loves swimming because of racing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. When, when asked what he really loves about swimming, he responded with, I really, what I really love about swimming is racing. (laughs) And that really like literally translates to me. Like if you're not first, you're last. (laughs) You know what I mean? mean, it, It channels Ricky Bobby for me, but Needless to say, um, for me, I think the toughest thing for me, I don't think it's a big deal in the sense that, um, you know, if Brazil wants to punish them, I, I can kind of get that. I can get with that only because, yeah, like you are a national, an international, I should say, figure, and you just pretty much took a crap on their country by saying your policemen robbed us at gunpoint. So I do understand any damages that they want to seek in regards to that. But you know, in the larger scheme of things and life and even what's still going on down there with the sex trade and and all of that good stuff down there, is it, is it in the top five? No, it's not. Um, but I do find, I, what I find with it is that many people have sort of played it off as these are kids who went out and made a mistake and did something dumb. And I, I have to say that I strongly disagree with that. I think it was a D bag move on all of their parts. And so I think two of the swimmers are younger, but 
Ryan Lochte and I are the same age and I just put that out there in the universe, but we're both 32, you know? And so for me as a 32 year old, it's not acceptable. I'm not being a kid anymore. If I go to a bar and I get drunk and I tear it up and I get kicked out, that's not me being, you know, a kid and making a mistake. That's me being an adult and acting foolishly. And that's the only, that's one of the main issues that I have with that. And I do think that that does speak to white privilege still, you know what I mean? internationally on an international scale well what do you mean by white privilege what does that mean for real you just gonna open this it's like this is a big you know the big old cans of like nacho cheese yeah you can't just drop it like that and And then elaborate for me and and i'm not saying that this is like the webster's dictionary definition of white privilege but for me white privilege is being able to drive a nice car at night and not worry about being pulled over. White privilege is about wearing your hair however you want to hear it. Oh, hear it. <laughs> That's, I said that. Wear it and not having people ask to touch it or, you know, oh, what what do you do with this? White privilege is going to another country and defacing property and being able to say, well, they took advantage of us because we defaced their property and they wanted us to pay for it. White privilege is about doing things without having to worry about the consequences of not only your actions, but of how people perceive you. That's, that's my, you know, that, that's just my, I guess my definition of white privilege. Hmm. Okay. So in this situation, you felt that he had white privilege and that he was in another country, mm-hmm. a third world country, mm-hmm. and felt like he could vandalize this restroom without consequence. I don't, I don't feel like he felt like he could vandalize the restroom without consequence because um, I think that that would be overthinking for him. But I think that... He vandalized it because he was drunk. Let's, you know, let's yes, be real. He, he was, was intoxicated. Um, but I think in the aftermath, he truly believed, and I think he even now believes, I think the apology is is for public relations purposes. I think he really believes that he was the victim because he had to pay for something that he probably felt wasn't a big deal. And I do counter that by saying, if it was a person of color that had gone in here and destruct, you know, destroyed this door and, and pissed everywhere. Um, you know, if it was me doing something crazy like that, I don't have the luxury of going and telling the cops, or telling officials that I was robbed, you know, cause I don't even think it would have been like that in the first place, you know, for them to be able to get off with handing them, you know, I think it's like $50 or something like that, or maybe more, um, and walk out. So for me with his white privilege, I feel like it is, yeah, like it's not a big deal. And to further that, I think it's outside of that because I don't know that people really act purposely with white privilege. Some people do, but I don't think most white people say I'm going to do this and I know that I can do it because I'm because white. Of my privilege. I don't think that that's it. I think white privilege comes more into play with the surrounding idea and view of them. And so the fact that people have said that he's just, these are just kids making dumb mistakes 
that's white privilege to me mm-hmm. more so. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't feel like his actions necessarily spoke volumes, which they do play to that. But I think it's more of how people have re- received it. Whereas, you know, Gabby Douglas doesn't put her hand on her heart, um, during a ceremony and she's disgraceful. She is unpatriotic. You know what I mean? And these guys go and get drunk and, and do, and do all of this, cause this whole debacle, but they're dumb kids. You see what I'm saying? Exactly. And that's to me is white privilege where Gabby Douglas has to be very cognizant of everything that she's doing, how she wears her hair, how she smiles, who she smiles at where she stands, how she stands, Ryan Lochte doesn't have to worry about that. Because if he stands during a ceremony with his hands behind his back because he's upset because he, you know, loses a me or whatever the case is, he just doesn't, he doesn't even think about it. He doesn't have to think about it because he's not going to get torn up on Twitter, you know what I mean, about doing that. I guess that's, that's my rant for today. And you had to ask me that. Well, I mean, if you're going to talk about it, you should define it. You can't just drop a grenade like that. We're going to move on to another grenade <laughs> while you mess with Here we go. Here, Here we go. Here we go. Chugging dro- right along. So Nate Parker, um, the director and one of the lead actors and co-writers of the new, uh, well, it's not new. It's a film called The Birth of a Nation, and it has to do with Nat Turner, uh, who was a slave and his uprising um, during slavery. And so the birth of a nation has been out and it's hit the circuits, the indie circuits, indie film festival circuits, I should say, and has received rave reviews. It also has, uh, I believe Gabrielle union is in it. And it also stars Asia, Naomi King would who, who you will know as, um, Michaela from how to get away with murder. Yes, I do know oh. all of that. Yeah. See, she's in it. And so that, that film is going to be, I believe it's going to be dropping in October or November as a major release. And, but in recent time, um, within the last couple of weeks, a story has sort of leaked in, in regards to resurfaced, resurfaced. You're right. I will. I feel like the transcripts of the phone calls were leaked because that wasn't necessarily public knowledge before. Well, why don't we back up and just say what it is. Well, you the has, one want to talk, well, start I mean, talking like, to me. Uh, words, the, these words are semantics matter. now. Words, semantics. Yeah. semantics. resurfaced. So pretty much what happened, if she going to let me talk a little bit, um, pretty much what happened is during, while Nate uh, Parker uh, was in college and his roommate at the time, who also happens to be the co uh, screenwriter for Birth of a Nation. His name is, I'm, I'm probably going to butcher this, but it, I believe his name is Jean Celestine. Maybe it's Jean. Wow. But, so but you're just words, coming at so me. Who just, knows? <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired of her today, okay? But we got some more stuff to talk about. Um, no, but uh, so, so Nate and Jean. Nate had a girlfriend um, one drunken night. It's Nate, Jean, and a third person, another friend of theirs who were um, in their apartment or dorm and invites the girlfriend over. Um, now, based the, and I'm really just summing all of this up and, and I'm basing this off of some of the things that I've read. Um, the woman is intoxicated and really isn't in a position to consent. Um, all, th- you know, they plan on having, you know, all three of these guys sleep with this girl. The third 
um, guy who was the friend, he left. He said he's not really, he wasn't really into that. So he leaves, um, and you know, based on the information, Gene and Nate stay, they engage in intercourse with the woman. Now, Nate was not convicted of rape. Um, and that was based on a judge saying, and, and this is also, I guess, another component, the judge based that decision off of the fact that the young lady was Nate's girlfriend. And so since they had had consensual sex in the past, it couldn't be raped this time, which that is a whole different tangent to go off on. In regards to Jean, or Jean, how do you say it? Jean, 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 Jean. He was convicted, um, and he served, I think, about six months in right. jail. He did an appeal, and there was a mistrial. Um, yes. And so that's kind of where we stand. Now, that happened years ago. This story, as Adi has likely put it, has resurfaced with um, transcripts of phone conversations between Nate, Jean, um, the other gentleman that was in the room and the victim, um, these, this, this information has kind of leaked in the sense that I don't believe the transcripts were, uh, available before and the story has resurfaced. Um, and so it really is, it's, it's unfortunate. And I don't say it's unfortunate for Nate Parker cause I don't feel bad for him. I don't feel bad for Gene. I don't, feel bad for, you know, in, in anything in regards to that. I, I feel bad for the victim, first of all. Um, Did you know that the... She committed suicide. Yes. And so, right. And so we can't even talk to her um, about this. And I, who knows if there was a connection as to, it, you know, what happened in this situation and her committing suicide. Um, I would be naive to say that there wasn't. Um, so I feel bad for her and her family because this is now, you know, it's kind of like you go through something traumatic like this and you do whatever you can, you do the best you can to kind of get through it. And now it's coming back out. Um, and it's just unfortunate all the way around. Um, Nate, and I believe this was a week ago, had an interview, an interview was released of him with Variety and magazine. Oh, thank you for clarifying. Yes. (laughs) You're welcome. Um, and he never apologizes. He never comes out and says, sorry. He says what he did was, you know, he was, it was a mistake. He did dumb things. Um, now he's married and he has daughters, but I'm going to be honest and say that that's not enough for me. That's not enough for me for you to say, you know, something happened. It was a mistake. I didn't mean to do it. Um, and the main reason why that's not enough for me is because the woman who you inflicted this mistake, quote unquote mistake on, killed herself. She is no longer here. And even if she was here, she would still be living with the pain of what you and Jean did. And so, uh, it's just, it's so intense for me. And, and I don't think we have enough time to really dig deep into it. But what I really wanted to talk about is for me, the conflict for me in regards to seeing the birth of a nation, because I've been looking forward to it since it really, it it, it came out and kind of hit the, the indie festival circuit. And so for me, I struggle with, you know, do I still go see it? And 
is there a way for me, you know, morally or, or to say that I am not supporting Nate Parker. I am not supporting Jean Celestine. I am supporting this story. Cause I, I read, I've read a lot of, um, books and things about Nat Turner. I'm supporting the story. I'm supporting, um, Asian Naomi King. You know, I am supporting other aspects of the film. Can I, can I do that and, and, and sleep at night knowing that? And I think, you know, for me, that's, that's where I'm at. Well, you brought this case to my attention and like always, I get I start reading into these things and they get so heavy and there's so many layers to right. this this particular case. You know, you have race, which you haven't actually brought up, but the right. the woman right. in the case um, against Nat and Jean was um, was white mm-hmm. and um, not Nat Nate. <laughs> you can get caught. Oh, so words matter. Words do matter. You know what matters? Names. Adi names matter. Nate. Nate and Jean um, are African-American. And so there's race that plays a factor. There's gender that plays a factor. Um, and yeah, it, it sparks this kinds of, these types of conversations. But there's, there's two things that really stuck out to me. So one is what you're saying about watching this movie and whether or not you feel like you can, uh, given uh, the creator's history. Right. But um, there's actually a rape scene that happens in The Birth of a Nation. Right, yes, exactly. So, mm-hmm. like, how can how can we watch this knowing... And be compelled to, yeah, right. to feel this this way about it, knowing that the, 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 the men who wrote this scene into the film and directed the scene mm-hmm. committed something very similar. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The other issue that I thought was interesting is um, I read uh, an article that talked about, that compared this, it didn't necessarily compare it, but it was a parallel between this and the Cosby case. Right. And how there have been these black actors, male actors that mm-hmm. have um, supported Cosby. Right. And... Um, said that you know these women are just trying to defame Get his money, yeah. his character and whatnot, <clears throat> and so what this does for um, black women is it kind of forces them to choose between their culture mm-hmm. and their gender. Uh, yeah, you know? I, I and I and I felt like that you know as a Af- as an African American woman. Oh, I didn't realize. Don't start with me today, cause cause my hair is curly. Okay. I'm a little bit Dominican, so no. Um, I I feel like that. I feel a direct um, conflict, and you know, for me, when situations like this come up and we're discussing this, you're right because you know um, it's tough. But for me, I and and I'm sure people are going to disagree with me, and that's fine. I'd love to chat about this on Twitter or the tweets. Um, but I feel like there are things that, as we talked, spoke about in our first story that white privilege affords you. And, and it's funny cause the other, um, two directors, uh, controversial directors I was going to bring up were Woody Allen and Brian Singer. And so you talk about Woody Allen that works with all these, you know, A-list stars and all these films that have been, you know, received 
beautifully. Um, and then even with Brian Singer, who has directed the X-Men series, um, and Brian Singer was the gentleman who has been accused of, um, I believe it's sexual assault. And now that I, I need to really look at the charges, but sexual assault with minors, with minor males. Um, and Winnie Allen, of course, you know, he, he gets with his adopted daughter, right? And so we look at these guys, they're still making a ton of money and they're still making things in Hollywood and people still go. I mean, people take their kids to go watch X-Men and, so you're kind of like, okay, this is happening, but you know, obviously we're having to do a separation. So when, when I think about Bill Cosby and I think about, um, now Nate Parker, it's tough as a black woman to scold them. It's, it's difficult to turn and say like you are wrong. And I, and so as I was saying, I do understand that, um, white males can get away with more than, than males of color can. But for me personally, that doesn't make it right. You know what I mean? Because Bill Cosby is being defamed and being dragged and drugged through the mud. Um, and I believe it's more so because he may be a man of color. That doesn't excuse the fact that he possibly sexually assaulted all of these women. You right. know, so for me, I, I can say... I. And, and I, I know I'm speaking out of two sides of my mouth, but I feel like I can say, yeah, he's, he's getting more of the heat because he's black, but that doesn't mean that he's right. Interesting. Okay. Is that sufficient for you? No further questions. No, Your Honor. we're moving forward. <laughs> All right. So the Trump train, um, we're running, we're, we're quickly running out of time. So we're going to go over these, these last, um, three topics. Um, so the Trump train. So one of the questions that's really come up this week in particular is, does he really want to win? Um, and so it, for me, it's been like, okay, the Republican convention happens. Okay. He's going to get his campaign on track. And then he says something else crazy. And then the democratic convention happens. And I'm like, okay, he's going to get on track. And then he says something else crazy. And so Every time I'm like, okay, when are you, when, excuse me, when do you turn the corner to actually run a campaign? And you and I have talked about all kinds of conspiracy theories up until this point. But the interesting thing that has happened this week is he apologized, right? He wasn't specific. He didn't say, I apologize for this or for that. He just said he apologized if, if what he's been saying has been offending people. And it's like, okay, you know, <laughs> It's like somebody that's like me going and cussing somebody out. I mean, cussing them up and down, talking about their mama, their kids, their cousins, their uncles, their aunties, right? And then afterwards, just being like, you know, I'm sorry if I offended you. You know what I mean? It's, it just, it also reminds me of like a kid being reprimanded by his mom, like, you know, right. mess, messing with his little brother, messing right. with, with another kid. Right. Go apologize yeah. to Timmy. But, oh, fine. I'm, I'm sorry, sorry if you got hurt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he's got like a broken arm. Exactly. So that happened. But one of the things that he said this week that was so awesome to me, and I, I think I am compelled to vote for him. And I do say that sarcastically is he, he pretty much broke it down and he said, you know, you know, the blacks. And he always calls us the blacks, which I think is awesome. Right. And he says, you know, the, he said in the past, the blacks love me. Um, as well as the Mexicans love me. Mm -hmm. 
but what he said to African-Americans this week was, you know, your schools are crappy, you're poor, your unemployment rate is so high. Like, why not vote for me? You don't have anything else to lose. Nothing at all. Nothing. And I... (laughs) I'm like, okay, so he apologized and now he's appealing to the black voter. And he says this in a suburb in Wisconsin, you know? So there wasn't any, were there any people of color in the audience? (laughs) You know, there probably were a handful, but I, yeah, I was just like, wow, like this is it. Like, this is what you going to roll with. Like Mm -hmm. you, okay. He needed to check it off the list. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that, <laughs> and Hillary is just like, that was like one of the most ignorant things I've ever heard anyone say. And I have to agree, like, you know, there's, there's a ton of things that he could have done, but, but that was it. Like your life sucks already being black in this country. Like why not it felt, vote it for felt me? to me that, um, he did that more for white people than for black people. So you hear me out. She's looking at me crazy. Listen to me now. So <laughs> when he was speaking, he wasn't in, um, let's say, a black church or right. a place that would have a heavy African-American audience. Mm-hmm. His audience was the same as it normally is, which is usually lacking color. Right. Um, and what he was saying it, it was directed to African-Americans, but it was just like, I felt like it was so that the audience, the, the primarily white audience could be like, oh, see, they did have a chance. He did. He did talk to them. <laughs> you know? You're right. You're right. Yeah. It's like he tried to reach out to you guys. Yeah. And no okay. one responded. Okay. Versus. That's fair. Um, I can see because that. Because it, it just didn't feel like he was genuinely, like if he had done any research, like... <laughs> At all. Does he ever do research? No, you're right. No, you're right. But if if he had put just an inkling of it in... Right. You know, he... And, and you know, to be honest, I don't think he needs the black vote to win. Mm-hmm. But um, I he think it was... It. I think it was just to check on on the list. He checked it off. And he did it. Yeah, he addressed I've the Yeah, I've appealed to the Mexicans. And yep. now I've appealed to the blacks. The yeah. blacks. So... I, yeah, I'm like, okay, what is, what the heck is going on? But one of the things that I read this week that I thought was very interesting. And again, like I've said, we've, we've come up with our own conspiracy theories, but Michael Moore, um, wrote a piece, um, saying that Donald Trump does not want to be president. And in it, he, you know, he cites some very interesting things. He talks about, how he had said before that he was going to run for president. So he had to kind of, you know, make a show of it. Um, he was trying to, Donald was trying to negotiate his NBC contract. There were just a lot of things. And so he did it. And, and, you know, um, he, he kind of claims that Donald, Michael kind of claims that Donald didn't really think that he was going to win the primaries and he did, and he didn't really think they were going to let him be nominated and they did. And so now he's kind of in this, between this rock and this hard place because, um, he's it, he's the nominee now. Um, and one of the other things that he's said is, um, Donald Trump's the Trumpster isn't going to want to lose to a girl, you know? And so, uh, Michael's prediction is that Trump will find a way to get out of the race without having to take it to, um, the November polls. So, 
Yeah, there's been a lot of interesting conspiracy theories uh, surrounding the Trump campaign. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it, I think, is just by the behavior that he's um, displayed throughout his campaign. And also some of the decisions he's made, you know, in as far as the leadership. He's changed leadership for his campaign several times throughout um, this process. So, you know, it just it it. It all tells a bigger tale um, about the, the campaign and how organized it actually is. So, yeah, there's been quite a few um, different interesting theories out, out there about reasons why. One of which I'll just go into really, really quick is that um, he was actually looking for... Uh, a bigger following mm-hmm. for The Apprentice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. but yeah, there's there's quite quite a list. Yeah, interesting stuff. So, it's it'll it will all remain to be seen um, as we kind of turn this corner because I mean November is approaching and I think before in the primaries it was kind of like November's a year away, November's ten months away, November's eight months away, you know, and now. November is three months away. <laughs> you know, the we're going to be voting in less than two and a half months. So we'll see. Um, so we're going to move on to our, our fourth topic. Um, Taylor Swift donates $1 million to Louisiana, who is suffering from some very deadly and intense flooding. Um, and Amber Heard um, was going through a, a lawsuit and divorce settlement with Johnny actor Johnny Depp. And Amber Heard is also an actress. I guess I should have said that too. Um, and so in her settlement, she received $7 million and she donated all $7 million of those dollars to charity. Uh, and so it's, <laughs> I think it's good anytime we, we talk about charity because we're talking about charity. And, and, and I think the second step to talking about charity is actually doing something for charities. Um, but I, th- I think it is good that that people do donate to these causes. I mean, it's tough as a nonprofit. I've worked for a few nonprofits. It's tough as a nonprofit to be able to provide the best type of service that you can in the capacity that you do without funds. And so having someone give a million dollars or $7 million is just an, an awesome, um, feat that can help fuel a program, um, to really be successful. That being said, I do think that with the Taylor Swift, it's just interesting that Taylor Swift has been really catching heat in the press um, the last couple weeks in regards to her breakup with Calvin Harris um, and the Kimye uh, situation. And so now it's like, you know, drama, drama, drama. But Taylor Swift gives a million dollars to Louisiana, which I still think is cool. um, and, And we're talking about... Also, on the other side of that, you know, you had Amber Heard, who had accused uh, Johnny Depp of domestic violence, excuse me, and was suing him, um, you know, took him to court. They were also going through their divorce. And so it was interesting because Johnny Depp's counsel was kind of saying from the beginning, she's just doing this as a publicity stunt and she wants money. And so it's like, okay, we go through this process um, and she gets $7 million and she's like, Oh, I'm just doing it for money. Okay. So let me give all 7 million of this away. Um, which I thought was interesting. It was kind of like there, take that, take that, take that. Um, so, I mean, I guess I have I mean, a bank account she could donate. Oh, that here you go. That's not a donation. Okay. <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm going to ask you like, do we've talked about, do we care if celebrities do, you know, say something about some kind of social cause or, 
on social media. Do you care when you hear about these celebrities donating large sums of money to charities? No, I don't. Wow. <laughs> I know, that's horrible. She is, she just, it just got trill up in here. She was like, no, and let me tell you. I mean, it's great that they're doing that. And like you said, these nonprofits, you know, survive because of donations like this. Right. And they're out there doing good things for the world. And it's great that they're contributing to those things. But am I going to shine some light on them? No, because <laughs> you're telling me Taylor Swift is not going to put that in her text deduction next, I didn't say, next year. You know what? Yeah. I'm not, I didn't say nothing about none of that. Yeah. I mean... At the love, at the amazing wealth levels that they're at right now, they have to donate money. They have to do it. Wow. Yeah. They have to. They have to. Why everybody don't do this? Then? Well, everyone does donate, but they, well, not everybody, but most people do donate and they write it off and they donate at the levels that correspond to their wealth, right? So if you have a tax guy, the tax guy will tell you, hey, uh, you know, you need to donate at least this, this much money and that way we can write it off and, you know, don't donate over this amount, you know, donate right about in this range. In this range. Yeah. yeah so... so yeah, hearing about celebrities giving money away, they're asking for a receipt too. <laughs> so that way, Dang. come April, they can they can. So write no it one off. really impresses you. No, I mean, <laughs> you know what would be impressive is if she went down there and she she helped or she putting sandbags. Yeah, or like you know, that. Um, things that I have found, imp- and I know this sounds really bad, but like. I think it was her actually that um, she was invited to go to prom by by someone, and mm-hmm. she actually went. Right. Like I think that shows a little bit more more character than just throwing money at a at okay. a problem. Okay. Wow. Okay. And Amber heard nothing. Nothing in regards uh, to that, that same. Was- you're I still mean, like okay, it's still money. She's still gonna write it off. That was a pretty cool like fu move. To- <laughs> So you're like, ah, not really impressed, but no, it was, you know, yeah, to Johnny Depp. Yeah. You know, that was, that was pretty cool. And I think, I don't think she wanted anything to do with, with that money. So at the end of the day, yeah, yeah. it was, it was, it was a selfish reason, but really like anytime anyone gives to charity or does anything like part of it is selfish because, um, you have a tax write off a, Mm -hmm. but Mm B, um, it makes you feel good. Yeah, right. you do it for you. Yeah. You don't do it for everyone. I mean, not, 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 that's not the whole reason. I'm just saying, like, if you go and um, volunteer your time in an afternoon serving lunch at a homeless shelter, gotcha. there's a part of that that, that makes you feel good right. afterwards. Like, yeah. I feel good about what I did today. Right, because I didn't, I didn't cuss so many people out and right. slap some people. And the, I mean, the other piece <laughs> that I think is, like, you don't have to tell everyone. Like, right. why, why didn't they do that anonymously? Dang. You know? I just, I, you know, you're pretty hardcore. Yeah, well. It's like, that's why I don't tell you stuff. It's like, you know what I did? I actually let somebody cross the street before I turned. Mm-hmm. You know? And you, you, that's you're what just, you should be doing. <laughs> exactly. You're going to be like, you know they're supposed to walk across the street before you turn. It's like, okay, you know what? But I did something nice for somebody today. Yeah. Uh, that's okay. So that's so that's that. So you don't care. Um, and the, <laughs> our last topic of of the week, I should say, number five. Ellen, what you say? 
So actually, I'm going to let you talk about this one because you're the social media guru and you actually brought this story to me. Well, if anyone follows Ellen, I follow Ellen on Instagram. She usually posts some pretty funny memes and she usually does some photoshopping within it and inserts herself in things that she doesn't belong in, like (laughs) movie posters, you know, pictures of celebrities. And it's usually pretty funny and Mm -hmm. in some um, good taste. Uh, So last week after Usain Bolt um, won yet another gold medal, she posted a Photoshop picture. Oh, because there was that that there was a picture that went viral. Yeah. Where I as mean. he's <laughs> running, he's kind of turning around to look at the competition and grinning. And so yeah. the shot catches him like ahead of everyone, turning around and kind of grinning. With a smile, yeah. With, yeah, with a smile on his face. And uh, so she photoshopped, or she she did, probably doesn't even know what Photoshop. Is. <laughs> Her people photoshopped her kind of like, kind of as if um, Usain was giving her a piggyback ride. Piggyback ride, yeah. And it's, the tweet uh, said, this is how I'm running errands from now on. Hashtag Rio 2016. Mm-hmm. And... It got a lot of backlash. It got a lot of backlash. A lot of people were um, offended by that. Um, and at, initially, I think some people were like, why? Why would... Why would this be offensive? Right. Um, if I hadn't told you about it, mm-hmm. would you, looking at this picture, and I have it up for her right now, <laughs> would you have been offended? You know, probably initially, because it's Ellen, I probably wouldn't have. I would have laughed. I would have thought it was funny. I get it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, now, but at the same time, in the same breath, I would I probably would have looked at it and laughed and been like, someone's going to have a problem with this. And, and understood why someone would have a problem with a white woman riding a black man's back and, to, to, to do errands. Right, you know? and so there, there were those people that were um, bringing that up via Twitter, mm-hmm. saying that, you know, this is very reminiscent to, right. um, you know, certain things that happened in, in the past um, where, you know, you have a white person writing a black male right exactly driving miss daisy pretty much yeah mm-hmm. i mean and so I, I i can see both sides of it i think and and a lot of people blame this on millennials and i don't think it's 100 millennials fault um in regards to like political correctness how it has kind of changed and i think we got to look at intentions um because with comedy for me personally, as long as you don't use a derogatory term and, or you don't use like, I mean, extreme stereotypes, unless you're making fun of the stereotypes, you know, so to speak, um, it's, it's pretty difficult to offend me in that regard. Uh, and I just make a determination in my mind, like, is it funny or is it not funny? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like more times than not. And then, well, the, the, the other question I have is does intent matter? Because, um, well, to, just to finish off the, the, the story here, um, Usain re- mm-hmm. re- retweeted it. Mm-hmm. And uh, after the backlash, Ellen tweeted out, I am highly aware of the racism that exists in our country. It is the furthest thing from who I am. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that her intent was had any racial ramifications. Right. Um, does that, is that a factor? 
Intention? Uh, I mean, definitely. I, I think intention is a factor. So I think you, you kind of have to look at three, I feel like it's three, uh, three, three facets of the joke or the humor. And so one of it is the content right? What is it actually that we're discussing? Okay. Well, it's a joke because she's riding, you know, he's probably faster than a car. Okay. And then the, so the second eight miles an hour, right? That's what I'm saying. Like a, a go-kart, he could beat a go-kart or a golf cart. I should he, say he would get pulled over in the school zone. <laughs> I'm done with you right now. <laughs> the second piece of it is, as you said, intention. Um, is it just, a, are we laughing with it? Yeah. We're laughing because Ellen is not fast. Usain Bolt is fast, <laughs> right? And he's so fast that yes, he could probably help her run errands literally and figuratively faster and especially in LA than a car. Okay. But I think the third portion of it is also acknowledgement. And what, for me, what that means is the acknowledgement that, um, it could be an issue. It could be a problem. And there is racism and there are people, um, that are racist as hell. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I think when you have, when you look at all three, you have to look at all three of those things. And for me, I think a, the content wasn't extremely offensive to me, but I see how it could be offensive. Um, second, second is intention. I think that, um, Alan just thought it would be funny because he's fast, not because he's black and he's fast, but because he's fast. Now is he fast because he's black? Totally different conversation. Um, <laughs> and then three, we're looking at the acknowledgement. So I, I, I don't think she did a really great job, but that's never really been Ellen's forte. Ellen is not, you know, that deep person that's going to get on, you know, and talk to you about the deeply seated, uh, racism that exists in the United States of America. But she does acknowledge that racism is an issue, but I wasn't trying to be racist. So I think for me with this, in this particular situation, she's, she's dotted her I's and crossed her T's. Are they, perfect lines no but i think she's she's covered her basis for me i wasn't offended directly um i get it and but i also understand if you were offended that's that's kind of do you ever think that people get offended too easily i do and 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 i think that like i said some of that i'm offended because it's being put on millennials and i don't think that all millennials I don't think it's necessarily just millennials that started this phase of people are saying things and so we're going to jump on them. I think some of it also has to do with social media and how fast things spread. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things that I always remember is... Um, you forgot it? I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I remember this all the time verbatim. I got nothing. No, um, the situation with Lauren Hill and how she was saying that she makes music for, you know, kids of color, especially poor kids of color, because that's who she relates to. That was her, you know, and how that whole debacle blew up. Like she doesn't like white people. And, but I remember how quickly that kind of spread and it was over because social media wasn't really around. So you couldn't chop it up. You couldn't, you know, unfollow her on anything. You couldn't make some hilarious memes out of it. Correct. Exactly. And then she kind of, after that, shortly after that, she kind of not phased out because she's always going to be Lauren Hill. And I didn't seen her recently at concert. I just, I just love her. But, um, but, you know, she, it kind of died down and then that was it. Whereas now it's like people are talking about like um, Blake, 
um, what's Blake's last name? Blake Shelton. Blake Shelton. Yeah. yeah, I mean, with the tweets that he had, they're they're d bag tweets, um, and but and people are harping on them, and I think that it's kind of like he made these tweets before. Are they right? No, but you know, like I said again, for me, it's like either you you say okay, cool. I don't care. And you roll with it or you say, no, I'm not, I don't really mess with him like that. Okay, cool. But I think this like, you know, so-and-so should be banned or they shouldn't be able to do this or they shouldn't be able to do that. I think it's just, we're, we're getting too politically correct right now. And I think that, you know, one of two things has to happen. Like I said, you either, you either decide that you're cool with it or you're not cool with it. And that's it. You know, trying to get everybody on a, you know, to sign a petition in certain cases, I feel like it's just too much. Ooh, her phone just turned on. Siri? Hello? <laughs> yeah, Siri was like, Lauren Hill? Are you intelligent? <laughs> but yeah, so that's my take. That's it? Okay. Good. Well, that's, you know, that's... Uh, did you want to say something? Because you pulled up some Lauren Hill memes. Oh, I just wanted to see if they existed. I <laughs> 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 they were... <laughs> no that's it I just at this time I would like to thank everyone for listening and if you've listened to any of our other episodes thank you very much for kind of sticking with us I know we're crazy um, and we only got a little bit of sense uh, but we, we really do appreciate it and we're, we're gonna um, just make an effort to just keep on going strong okay just keep on going strong so this week uh, I hope we hope you have a great week if you have any questions or you just want to argue with us about something or discuss right because those are two different things um you can hit me up on twitter at soul 35 that's s-e-o-u-l 35 um i'm also on instagram um i'm trying out this new instagram snapchat thing (laughs) at instagram stories okay instagram snappies uh at soul star s-e-o-u-l-s-t-a-r-r-r and i didn't tell them how to get a hold of you before i do i just want to leave you with this last thought Kia. yes don't be a sidewalk when you really want i'm done tell them you can find me at ariana orama everywhere ariana orama perfect um so yeah you guys have a great week and we will talk to you next week can we get everything are you sure you have no more questions say another one go ahead are you gonna win when you eat okay and this is where we fade out bye